Today is our 16th annual Missions Sunday. If you've been a part of this congregation for any time at all, you know how much work and how much financial support we put into uh, our outreach efforts such as Know Your Bible and Missions. And we found that the best way that we can support them and, uh, is to have special Sundays once a year when we give you updates and we ask for your support. I think it's exciting to know that our donations to Know Your Bible and to missions are bearing fruit. Uh, Steve frequently shares uh, updates uh, with us about people who have listened to Know Your Bible and have come to know the Lord because of that. In fact, some of you are here today because of Know Your Bible. And how awesome is it when we hear reports of baptisms, brand new Christians, in places like Minnesota or Mexico or down in Argentina. People that I think you'll see in heaven because of your financial support and your prayers for our missionaries. So as we do every year, we're going to hear updates from our missionaries. Uh, They usually can't be here in person, so they send us videos, and we're going to watch a lot of videos from our missionaries. Let's start this morning by hearing about the the Latin American Bible Institute. Jared Griffith is on the mission's oversight team, and he serves as their liaison. Jared? Thanks, Mark. Good morning, church. So I was blessed to join the mission's oversight team back in October 2019, Um, and since that time, I have been the liaison for ELEB. Um, If you have forgotten, or if you're new to Northside, ELEB is the Spanish acronym, and I'm going to butcher this, I'm sorry, (laughs) but the Instituto Latinoamericano de Estudios Biblicos, which translates the Latin American uh, Bible Institute. Um, So they started their current semester back in August, or the current school year back in August. Um, They have 154 students. Um, They're in uh, Toluca. They also have 140 students in eight branches in Mexico. Um, They have 294 total, as you can see. Um, They already have 100 students that are pledged to start in the fall uh, semester. So as you can see, they have grown a lot. Um, Just a few years ago when I first started, they had probably a fourth of that number. Um, And a lot of the students um, come from Argentina and join a life from Argentina um, because of all the distress that's going on in that country, they are searching and seeking, and they know of Eleb because of their um, reputation. So that's good to hear. Um, before I move on from this next slide, they do have six graduates um, this summer. That usually happens in June or July, um, and they expect that number obviously to grow immensely once these other students progress through their program. Um, so they'll see that number go up, uh, go up a lot. Um, Elip has a great reputation, as I just mentioned. Um, they have a lot of church plants based on their graduates who have left the school. So just in particular, one Mexican state, they've had 12 church plants just based on the graduates going out and spreading the word and starting new congregations. Um, also, the Shining Lap Bible Institute you can see here, they use the material from Eleb um, because of that reputation, and they use that in their studies as well. And they reach out to students in Central and South America. Class flexibility. So this <laughs> has been interesting, especially with the pandemic for the past couple of years. They had to kind of update the way they taught their courses. Um, the full-time ELEB students 
do meet uh, for chapel every morning at 9.15. They have classes from 10 to 2.30. And then the students that are part-time and have jobs during the day, they meet in classes at 7 to 10. Um, part of that adjustment, what they had to do was they did have most of their classes in Toluca. And they would have students join those classes online. But because of the pandemic, they had to switch mostly to Zoom, um, which obviously allowed them to have more students joining. And it was a little more interactive because they weren't having to kind of just listen in to what was going on in the classroom. They were all participating. So it's actually been a blessing for them. Um, so recorded classes, I haven't talked about that just yet. So uh, some of the professors will record the classes and then they'll share those out for students who can't join like right away. And they're able to actually go and, and watch those later. So there are three levels of study. Uh, there is the one-year program for just beginners. And it's basic. They can just do that one year, and that's it. Those who want to continue to advance on, they will do the intermediate program, which is two years. And then most of the graduates they have have gone through the advanced portion, which is a three-year study. So they have lots of teachers. <laughs> uh, and obviously, with the growing amount of students, they needed more. They do have five full-time um, teachers. Two of those uh, have their outside support, and the rest are supported through ELEB. Um, and then there are four part-time professors, um, and uh, there are also substitutes. If someone has to miss a class, they will, they will sub in for them. And then there are three uh, women's full-time teachers for the women's studies, and then two um, part-time for the women's study as well. So it's growing. We kind of already mentioned that as well. You know, they've, they've probably tripled, maybe quadrupled the amount of students they have just in the past couple of years, which is fantastic. Um, that means they have to have more admin and more administration, uh, and then also more faculty to keep up with that demand. So because of that, uh, this past year, uh, Northside increased the amount that we were um, sending to them each month. Uh, talking about new professors and people joining on, so Jarrett Cepeda, who is the son of Roberto and Betty Cepeda, um, teaches part-time. A lot of times, because him and his wife were living in South Africa, he would have to record his sessions, and the students would have to watch later on. They currently are living in Toluca uh, with Roberto and Betty, um, but they don't, they're not for sure yet if they're going to stay there, if they're going to end up moving on. Um, his wife has been accepted to medical school in Sweden. They don't know if they're actually going there or not, but they might move back to South Africa because that's where she's from. So still kind of up in the air for him, um, but the students really enjoy him. Uh, he's very enthusiastic, and he's a great teacher, and uh, he's also working to kind of update the material um, that Elab uses from Sunset uh, just to keep that fresh. Uh, a couple of examples of people who have gone through the course and uh, have, have also joined the team. Uh, William and Meyerling are uh, graduates from Venezuela. They actually did move to Toluca, and um, William uh, kind of handles a lot of the social media for them, so he posts the videos for them and, and does a lot of advertising for them online um, and will post updates you know, through the different uh, platforms. And then his wife, uh, Meyerling, does a lot of IT work, so she kind of keeps the website up to date and making sure they you know, don't have any issues with, with things going on there. Um, they're both valuable contributors to, to ELEB. Uh, they're desperately needed as they've kind of continued to grow. So Roberto and Betty, um, they've been part of ELEB for a very long time now. Uh, they're kind of looking at transitioning. So within the next five years, they're going to be retiring. And so they're kind of working on that transition plan, making sure they have a person in place um, that's going to be the new director and that they, they know how everything works. And after that, they're planning on offering uh, marriage courses and parenting courses through the Toluca Church, which they, which he's an elder at, and they've been very involved in. Um, and they also want to spend more time with their grandkids. So, <laughs> uh, 
Uh, one of their daughters actually was living in China for the past couple of years. They could not come back because of the travel restrictions. They were finally able to do that. Um, they're actually they're going to be able to do that here in a couple of days. So they'll be back in Mexico to be with the family, which is great news. Um, so I will tell you this because I'm on the calls with them all the time, obviously, as their liaison. But they are very thankful and very grateful for the support that Northside gives them. They know that without that, they would be able to do near as much as what they're doing today. Um, they're just very gracious about that and very humble about it. But they did offer some things they would like for you to pray for, for their students, for the teachers. Uh, Jared Cepeda is not fully supported at this point. Um, so for him to be a full-time professor, he needs that support. So he, they ask you to pray for that. Hopefully he can find that. Um, and then the school's finance resources, obviously. And then also for, they want, you know, uh, prayers for you guys and all the other churches that support them. Um, once again, I've been very blessed to be a part of this, this team, and um, Elip has done fantastic work, and it's obviously very um, well-received and respected in, that, in the South American countries, as well as in Mexico. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Next, let's talk about world Christian broadcasting. 39 years ago, this ministry built a shortwave radio station in Alaska, And uh, six years ago, they added a new station in Madagascar. And from these two stations, they actually blanket the entire globe with radio programs that include news and music and Christian teaching. So let's watch their video now. Piercing the darkness. For over 35 years, this has been the mission of World Christian Broadcasting. With one station in Alaska and one in Madagascar, WCB is spreading the gospel across the entire world using shortwave radio. Unknown to many Americans, shortwave radio is the most effective way to reach the masses in our world. There are over 3 billion shortwave radios in use today, and with broadcasting in six languages and counting, World Christian Broadcasting is able to reach almost anyone on earth who simply turns on their radio. Their eyes have been opened to the darkness much of the world is living in, and they have made it their purpose to bring God's word into the darkness to the ends of the earth, so that the light may reign over every heart. They have a message to share, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the world is listening, awaiting this message. They are determined to be a light in this world, and they are looking for partners in their mission. We must pierce the darkness. The world is listening. Pretty exciting to see what they're doing. Uh, that uh, video is a couple of years old. Now they are actually broadcasting in seven languages uh, throughout the day. You know, every year we like to make uh, videos of our children answering questions about missions. It, it makes me happy to see how much they are learning about our missionaries in their Bible classes and from their parents and, and, and how much they Uh, have a part to play in God's plan to save the world. So let's watch that first video from them now. Did you know that God is your Heavenly Father? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is this a trick question? No. Okay, well, yes. 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 Yep. I know a song about that. What kind of mission would God send you to do? 
um, do good things. Yeah? What kind of good things? Like helping the sick and lonely and sad. Um, be kind. To tell others about him. Be a missionary. Hmm. Where would he send you? Argentina? Obey him. He'd probably send me to uh, on a missionary journey to tell more people about God. Go around this world and spread the good news. Um, like, be nice to your mom and dad. Uh, tell people about God. Bring people Bibles if they don't have any. Not beaming to your brothers. Um, spread his word. Tell people about him. To tell people about the Bible. When you grow up, what mission do you want to do? Go to the moon. Oh, go to the moon? You're going to ride what? A Washington. Okay. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I tell you what, when some of these kids grow up, it's just not going to be the same on Mission Sunday. Now we're going to have two other members of our missions committee uh, share updates on their missionaries. Paul Harrington, who actually coordinated all these kid videos. Thank you, Paul. Um, He's our liaison for Alex and Aaron Flood uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota. And Matt Babish serves as our liaison for Jonathan Hannigan in Buenos Aires. Thanks, Mark. Um, I love those kids' videos. They're so great. (laughs) I'm looking forward to blackmailing these kids in the future with these wonderful videos. Coming from the exciting news of the global initiative of World Christian Broadcasting, um, we move something a bit closer to home. Uh, Alex and Aaron Flood, with their four children, Shepard, Evangeline, Fisher, and Sawyer, sent us a video from their church at the Lake Phelan Church of Christ in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's really great to have a couple that came from Wichita. If you guys haven't been here a long time, Alex and Aaron are our homegrown missionaries that went out to uh, be domestic missionaries. And I think it's wonderful that we can support them and watch their growth and watch the kingdom grow through people that we sent out from Wichita. Um, it's been a hard season this past couple of years for a lot of people. And for the floods, too, there have been some really hard times. Um, this past winter specifically, they've really struggled to stay healthy um, while ministering in many ways to the church there, physically, uh, spiritually, and it's been tough. But really, as we all know, it's, it's through the darkness that the light shines most brightly. That's kind of the tone of Alex's video this year. So let's walk, watch as the Lake Phelan congregation shares what they've struggled with over the last year. And let's be inspired how God has helped them through those trials. your name? Abby. What's your name? My name is Aaron. What's your name? Yeah. Fisher. 
I'm Alex. What's your name? Matt. Sawyer. What's your name? Shepherd. Michael Flood. Shepherd. Okay. Dad. Yeah. So I was unemployed for maybe like three months. And right after that three months, I've been praying. And God just gave me, just blessed me with a job that I can only work Monday through Friday. I don't need to work during the weekends. And it pays more. So that is the one thing that I am so grateful for. And I feel like it's a blessing. The passing of my mother... Uh, the church really came through with helping me keep the faith. One of the last things my mom told me was that she loved me and to pray. And I really, truly do believe that that was God's hands. I, I struggle with uh, addiction, and uh, I can't say that I'm perfect or, or anywhere near it, but uh, it's got easier lately. Um, uh, and there's there's other aspects of that as well. I won't go into detail, but uh, a lot of uh, I've made a lot of progress on that front. Yeah, I see his hand in, in all those things very clearly, and uh, I'm, I'm very thankful. I was in a living situation that was really hard for me, but with prayer and some guidance, um, Alex and his family let me stay with them. And that really helped me get through it. I still had some hard times. But with their their guidance and with God's help and with prayer, I got through it. And now I'm in my own apartment and I'm feeling really good. My best friend, her only child, uh, age 21, took his own life. And she told me how as she was going through all this, how she could feel that people were praying for her and that was helping her get through. The prayers that I pray and the prayers that people pray for me uh, keep me going. My parents got COVID. Um, I went through a period of... of fear for them. And what I really noticed was the strength that came from the body of Christ um, praying and sending encouragement and a lot of support. Just that, that looming concern about being, being you know, uh, required to get a vaccination or to work at, at these corporate offices, the not knowing, the, um, the frustration of, you know, why is this being uh, pressed so so hard, and sometimes we just need to uh, to uh, be still and uh, just wait on God. Jesus told his followers, "In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. We all have trials in life, and that's why we need each other." We need to be together so that we can find the courage through Christ to overcome the world. Our mission in Minnesota is to be the church wherever we go, to be the help of God through Christ. In order to do that, we have needed your support. 
Throughout many years now, you have showered us with prayers, encouragement, finances, and have supplied our every need. We could not be doing the work of the church in Minnesota without you being the church in Kansas. So thank you for your love and for being a light unto the world. Good morning. For those of you who do not know me, um, as Mark's introduction, I am Matt Babish, and I have uh, been blessed uh, for the last year to be the liaison to our missionary in Buenos Aires, Argentina, Jonathan Hannigan. As most of you know, we were able to spend a few weeks with him uh, earlier this year, and I am confident that each and every one of you were blessed by either his company or his words uh, during his stay here. He's now settled in his new home, which many of you Northsiders so graciously uh, helped and assisted in him being able to purchase that. Um, He has wasted no time uh, putting that new home to use, um, where he invites Christians and non-Christians and ministers to them and shows God's love through his hospitality. Now let's take a look at a video that Jonathan has put together for us. When I teach about the creation story, I like to point out that God made a place that we could come and be in contact with him. We could be in communion with him. And I think hospitality is a great way of talking about God and talking about how he shares his love with us. Thank you so much for allowing me, through your generous support, to be hospitable to others, to create a safe and sacred space where people can encounter God, the God who created them and who loves them dearly. Pueblos tiemblan a su voz, la creación le rinde adoración. ¿Quién le dio consejo al Señor? ¿Quién cuestiona lo que él habló? ¿Quién al sabio Dios puede enseñar? ¿Quién comprende su gran majestad? Contempla a Dios, en su trono está, venid a adorarle, contempla en dolor quien llevó el mal del pecador Jesucristo humilde al fallecer ha triunfado y reina con poder contempla Dios en su trono está The Church Family Thank you so much for your constant love and support throughout these past 16 years here on the mission field. 
It has been such a blessing to be able to serve God full-time with your support, with your prayers, and your unconditional love. Thank you so much for allowing me to serve God's people here in Argentina. Last July, Robin and Chrissy Vick and their children returned to the States after serving as missionaries in Scotland for almost 11 years. Robin recently reported that the Falkirk Church of Christ is still going strong, despite the fact that they are no longer there with them. Because of the long relationship that we had with them, we felt it was the right thing to do to continue their support for nine months while they were, uh, came back to the States and uh, went through the reentry process. And believe it or not, reentry back into the States is actually harder for missionaries than the initial culture shock they have when they move to a, to a new country. It's especially hard for children who were born somewhere like Scotland and now have to get used to a culture like the U.S. So that support, though, ends this month. Uh, the good news is that Robin has been hired to serve as the evangelism minister for the church that they are a part of already in Jacksonville, North Carolina. So that's really good news, and we're happy about that. That new job starts in July for them. Now let's see what else our children know about missionaries. Does the church ever send people on a mission? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Who do they send on missions? Jonathan, um, Alex and Aaron Flood, um, and the Vicks. They send missionaries who can tell people about God. Who are our missionaries at church? Uncle Jonathan. Missionaries. We have a friend who's a missionary. What's his name? Mr. Alex. Mr. Alex Flood, that's right. He is our missionary in Minnesota. Can you say Minnesota? Minnesota. Okay. Albert, I tell you what, that kid, you know, he cracks me up. Mr. Soda is where the floods live. So, all right. Um, every year, our children... Um, five-year-old through fourth-grade classes bring money for one of our missionaries. And on Mission Sunday, they bring that money down to the front of the auditorium and put it in a box. And then we send that money to uh, that missionary. So kids, come on down to the front. Uh, Kevin is going to accept their donations. For the past few years, we've been sending their donations to Alex and Aaron Flood in, in Minnesota. Last year, Alex told me that they used that money in several different ways. They bought Bibles to give to people who need one. Uh, they bought food for some of their members who were having financial struggles and, and they helped others pay their rent. And they bought supplies for their children's Bible classes. This year, I'm happy to report that our children donated a whopping sum of $336. So that's awesome. So we're now, kids, we're going to pose for a big group picture. We have to do that every year. So you guys gather around Kevin in the, the money box and smile real big.
All right, we're good. Thank you very much. You know, Northside is a church with a mission. You have always faithfully supported our two main outreach efforts, Know Your Bible and Missions. And last year, as, uh, as Matt already mentioned, uh, when we asked you to help Johnson buy a home, you gave an extra $157,000. Let that sink in for just a minute. That's about half of what he needed to buy that home. So it's only going to take him now about 10 years to pay off the loans that uh, we were able to get, give him. As you saw in his video, uh, he is using that home now as a powerful tool to show Christian hospitality to others and over time to win them to Christ. You know, our, our elders saw how you gave sacrificially to Jonathan to help him buy a home. And, and they encouraged the missions oversight team this past year to find a new mission work that would stretch you and challenge you to increase the amount of mission work that we're doing together as a church. So for the past years, we have looked at eight different possible mission works to get involved with. And we have selected one that we're very excited to tell you about. At this time, Craig Greenwood, one of our elders, is going to share some thoughts from the elders about this new work. Speaking on behalf of the Northside Elders, we're excited to spend Mission Sunday focused on our mission efforts around the world. As Northside has done for 80 years, today we continue a strong tradition of carrying out the Great Commission. This past year, the elders have worked closely with the missions oversight team, known as the MOT, if you haven't caught that, researching new mission works to consider. For many years, churches in the U.S. have sent missionaries to foreign countries. Those efforts have often been successful, adding many people into God's kingdom. But sending Americans into foreign lands also presents some challenges. Often a missionary needs to learn a new language. Cultural barriers can take many years to learn and overcome. American missionaries usually return to the States at some point. What we're learning is that it often makes more sense to train and support nationals to evangelize the lost in their own countries. This new approach makes sense for these reasons. There's no need to learn a new language. There's no cultural barriers. And there's no reason or attraction to want to move to America since they're already at home. So our new mission work will use this approach of supporting the mission work of foreign nationals. Of necessity, there will be some differences in our interaction with the missionaries. For example, they will not come to Northside for several weeks so we can get them to know them personally as the Vicks did before they went to Scotland. Also, they will not come to the States on furlough as our other missionaries do every two years. Despite these differences, your elders and the Mott believe it will be a very effective method helping to grow the Lord's Church. Through the resources of Operation Ecuador, a missions organization Mark Akeley will talk about more in a moment, the elders and the Mott are very excited to announce the support of two couples who intend to start a new congregation in Salinas, Ecuador, in South America. These couples are very excited to begin this new relationship with Northside. Jim Andrews, Mark Yakeley, Paul Harrington, and myself had a Zoom meeting this past week with these two couples, along with Josh Markham, the Director of Development for Operation Ecuador, to begin talking about our working relationship. During this decision process, we also learned that a couple of Northside families have already been supporting Operation Ecuador 
for many years. So we're very pleased to be able to announce this decision. However, there are some new realities that we want you to know. Earlier, we first talked about the positives of using foreign nationals in their own countries. Secondly, we talked about the differences from what we're used to. As we settle in to supporting these two couples, yes, there will be opportunities for Northsiders to visit them in Salinas. We ask all of Northside to continue to learn with us as we support this new work. Your elders believe you will adjust to the new differences in this mission challenge. The additional benefits it provides will expand the possibilities of spreading the good news. Please financially support and pray that God will bless this new work in Salinas, Ecuador, so that it can blossom into a fruitful, long-term commitment. Northside will continue sowing the seed, and as promised, God will provide the harvest. The Mott will be diligent in keeping us up to date on the progress. We're grateful to God for how this process has worked. None of us knew in the beginning where his spirit would lead us to in this decision. May all of us rise to the Mission Sunday Challenge being presented today as we make our pledges for supporting our existing missions and this newest one. Now Mark Akeley will complete the introduction of our two new families and where they will be serving. Thanks, Craig. We really appreciate the support of the elders and and their help as we went through this process this past year. So in the foyer, we have flags that are displayed from each country where we have missionaries. And tomorrow, we're going to add this flag. Um, Is it upside? It's upside down. That's not good. This flag right here. I tell you what, before we got started with this, I would not have been able to tell you where this flag was from. This is the flag of Ecuador. So we'll proudly display this flag in the foyer uh, starting tomorrow. And in case you're not familiar with the countries of South America, here's a map that shows you where Ecuador is located. As I fold this flag up, I've got to be careful with it here. Um, Craig mentioned Operation Ecuador. Let me tell you just a little bit more about it. 33 years ago, Kent and Sharla Markham planted a church in Quito, Ecuador. Quito is the capital of Ecuador. Uh, this is their family today. Now, 10 years after they planted that church, they started the Quito School of Biblical Studies. It's sometimes known by its initials QSOBS. QSOBS is one of the leading, and I think it's the largest, of the Bible institutes associated with Churches of Christ uh, in South America. Uh, Van and Marianne Harold and Albert and Treva Brinsing have both had the opportunity to visit Ecuador uh, in Quito and visit the school there and spend some time uh, there. So you might want to ask them sometime what they saw there, what they experienced. Since the school opened, 67 graduates have planted 36 churches uh, in South America. I think mainly in Ecuador, but maybe throughout South uh, America. And many more of their graduates are working with churches that already existed. The students at that school are trained in ministry and in Bible, but they are also trained in some type of vocational skill so that they can work as bivocational missionaries. Remember, Paul did that. Uh, He was a tent maker. So a lot of times he supported himself by making tents, and that's what these missionaries will do as well. In our partnership with this new team, we're going to be providing half of their support, and then they are going to start some kind of business to provide the other half of the salary that they need. And by the way, we are going to be their only supporters besides the work that they do themselves. 
As Craig mentioned, the team is made up of two married couples that you see here. They are originally from Venezuela, and they moved to Ecuador to attend the school. And each couple has a young son. These two men were the top two graduates of the school this past year. Uh, let me show you, first of all, close-up of this family. This is Alex and Dinella Rivas. Uh, Alexis is actually his full name, but he goes by Alex as well. And their son, Noah, who is currently 10 months old. Um, and as you'll see in the video, Alex does speak a little bit of English. Uh, it's kind of uh, uh, halting a little bit, but he, he tells me he understands most of the English he hears, and he can speak a little bit. So that's going to be helpful. And this is Kevin and Yerubi Canalone and their son, Nathaniel. Let's watch the video that they made for us now. Some days I can't seem to find... Greetings from Ecuador. My name is Joshua Markham. I work with Operation Ecuador and I'm the Director of Development uh, here at the Quito School of Biblical Studies. Uh, this is the institute that uh, has trained uh, the two families that make up the Salinas team. Uh, where they did their training and preparation. I wanted to give you a little bit of background on the QSOBS, Quito School of Biblical Studies, uh, because it's not just a preaching school. Our, our focus is, needs to be broader than that. We train both men and women to uh, be servants of the gospel wherever God sends them. Another neat aspect of the QSOBS is our focus on sustainable missions. Um, every one of the students is trained in some kind of vocational skill, as has your Salinas team. Uh, both men and women have taken some sort of vocational training and will use it in the, in the field because all of our teams are bivocational in nature. When a team has the blessing, um, like now, of partnering with the U.S. church, that church helps them uh, with a half a salary and seed money to begin a micro-business. Uh, in a way, you, you serve as a catalyst to, to take families to a new place, new area, and begin a work that is not there. Is it exciting? Yes. But it's also daunting, both for you and for them, because uh, it's a lot of sacrifice. It's built on a posture of sacrifice and dependence on the Lord and his mission. That's what we're so excited about. We're excited about this partnership and the way that we're going to co-mission together for God's glory. Hello, brother, to the Church of Christ in Northside. We are the Salinas Mission Team. We feel really thankful with God and with you for this amazing opportunity to bring the gospel to Salinas in Ecuador. As you have seen, Salinas is a coastal city. There is no church there, and our mission will be to establish a church. My name is Alexis Rivas, and I am a servant of God. I am married with Dainela Colmenares, and we have a son named Noah. We want to integrate in the community, use print and social media to make contact. Mi nombre es Daniela Colmenares y estoy casada con Alexis Rivas. Tenemos un hijo de 10 meses, Noah Matías. Me encanta servir a los niños y hacerles llegar el mensaje de una manera didáctica. Nuestra meta en Salinas es poder salir a predicar a las playas de noche, eh, hacerles llegar el mensaje a cada una de las personas, tanto como los, con los niños como las personas adultas. En mayo, Dios mediante, queremos ir a ver las zonas, a ver cómo funciona con las personas, ir a ver dónde podemos vivir posiblemente. 
Este, nuestras metas como negocios es eh, poder tener una papelería, si, si Dios lo permite, o una peluquería canina. Hola, mi nombre es Kevin Canelón, soy un siervo de Dios egresado de la Quet, estoy casado con Rubí Arguello y tengo un niño de tres años llamado Natanael Canelón. Es comenzar primeramente con estudios eh, en los hogares hasta que podamos tener una cantidad de hermanos para poder alquilar un lugar. Entre otras cosas tenemos pensado instalar una escuela de fútbol para llevar el deporte a los niños mediante este medio, tener contacto con las comunidades y a través de esto poder eh, abrir un campo para predicar el Evangelio. En lo secular eh, tengo varios eh, emprendimientos en mente, como es el hecho de una cooperativa eh, de motos, eh, mecánicas, entre otras cosas. Anoche tenemos pensado ir a predicar en el malecón de la ciudad, eh, hacer eh, algunas campañas evangelísticas y demás. La idea es poder administrar nuestro tiempo para que abarque tres aspectos de la vida. Eh, dividimos nuestro tiempo en tiempo ministerial, tiempo familiar y tiempo laboral. También queremos que tener a la iglesia, buscarle un local con una capacidad máxima entre 80 a 100 personas, de manera que cuando ya sobrepasemos, si Dios lo permite, esta capacidad eh, nos, nos motivemos a encontrar un local más grande, ya comprado, que sea perteneciente a la Iglesia de Cristo en Salinas. Hola, mi nombre es Jerubia Arguello y estoy casada con Kevin Canelón. Me encanta servir a los hermanos y administrar las redes sociales de la Iglesia. Nuestra meta es evangelizar casa por casa y a la orilla de la playa. En los primeros tres años, vamos a focus en el gospel evangelismo. En los cuatro y cinco años, vamos a focus en el discipleship. In the sixth and tenth year, we will focus in leadership development, and we want to establish in this time another congregation. And we really say thank you to God and with you. How exciting to see this new team. I know they're very anxious, and they felt like it was Christmas when we decided to support them. So. Uh, I, I hope you'll be praying for this team. Let me tell you a little bit about our plans with this team. Josh Markham, as you met on the, on the video, is, is going to be the team's mentor. Um, and he plans to visit with them three times a year. He lives in Quito, but he'll travel out to Salinas to visit with the team three times a year. And this is a picture of Josh with his family. Our elders and the missions oversight team will be the ones overseeing the work. Um, and uh, the work of the team. We, we plan to send someone from Northside, usually two or three people, every year uh, to, to meet with them for a week or so in Salinas. And Josh will join us for that visit. Um, we will communicate monthly, at least monthly, with the team using Zoom. And Josh is going to provide translation for those meetings when he's available. Uh, by the way, if you speak Spanish and would like to help us with those translations, especially when Josh is not available, we would love to talk with you because it is going to be challenging to, to communicate with them. The team plans to send newsletters and short videos to keep us all updated on their work. So this is a 10-year commitment that they are making to this work and that we are making to support them. And at the end of those 10 years, they plan to be self-supporting. Uh, They plan to have a congregation and have donations or contributions from that uh, uh, congregation, but also their businesses, uh, they hope, will be 
going well enough that they'll be able to support themselves. So that's our new mission team. Please be praying for them as they look for a place to live next month and uh, as they move to Salinas in June to begin their work. So uh, the bottom line of what we're talking about today is over the next 12 months, we need to give $199,259 to support our different mission efforts around the world. If you remember how much we asked you for last year, you'll realize this is about $35,000 more than we asked for last year. Why is it more? Well, there's several reasons. One is starting this new work in Salinas is going to be expensive, especially on the front end. Also, inflation is impacting several of our mission works. And as I mentioned already, our elders saw how sacrificially you gave to support Jonathan and help him purchase a new home. And they believe that you are able and willing to do more than we have in the past. And they want you to to be challenged to expand God's kingdom more than what we've been doing. As you exit the auditorium this morning, you're going to be handed a brochure that looks like this that explains the different mission works that we're supporting. Now, inside of that that brochure, you're going to find a form that you can fill out to tell us how much you plan to pledge to missions during the next 12 months. If you use that form to do your pledge, please put it in the box that you'll find on a table in the foyer. You can also, though, use Realm, and we actually prefer that, if you would, to make your missions pledge. Now, I know a lot of you just continue to keep giving to missions every year, and you think, oh, I don't need to turn in a pledge. They know what I do, and and I'm going to just keep doing it. But really, it does help us if you'll turn in a pledge, because it helps us to plan and know how much uh, you're planning to give. So please do that if you would. Now, let me take just a minute to remind you or tell you for the first time of how to enter a pledge in Realm. So if you prefer to do Realm on a computer, just go to onrealm.org. Then once you're in Realm, click the giving tab on the left side of the screen. Then click the pledge tab. Then fill out the pledge on this screen. First of all, enter the amount that you plan to give, the frequency that you plan to give that amount, the date you're planning to start that pledge, the date you're planning to be done with that Then confirm that the total is accurate that you're planning to give for the whole year. And then click Save Pledge and you'll be done. I went kind of fast through that, but uh, it's not that hard. If you prefer to do your pledge on a smartphone then uh, and use the Realm Connect app, uh, then I'll show you how to do that on an iPhone. Now, it's a little bit different on an Android, but it's not that hard. So first of all, click the Giving tab or icon at the bottom of of the phone. Then click the Pledges button at the top. Click Make a Pledge. Then fill out the pledge the same as you did on the computer. Uh, First of all, you enter the amount to be pledged, then the frequency you're planning to give that pledge, uh, the start date, the end date, confirm that the total is right, and then click Save Pledge when you're done. If you have any problems, just call me or the church office, and we can help you out. As we wrap up this morning, let's hear one more time from our kids. This time they're going to share their ideas about how we all can help our missionaries. So how can we help our missionaries accomplish their mission? Give them money because that's what we do. We get get money when we um, go to church in our Bible class. We have a money jar 
and, and it gets full, and then we can send it to the, the missionaries. By giving them money? We can send them money. We can pray for them. By praying for them? Donate money, like we have done. Donating money and sending them funny videos and talking with them when they want to talk. Pray for them. By giving them money to buy houses and to buy Bibles. Give them money. Give them money. You give them money? Do you help give money? Yeah? What are you doing? We're doing my Tuesday. Does that help our missionaries? No. <laughs> Next question. Oh my goodness. <clears throat> you, you know, the idea, <clears throat> excuse me, of sharing the good news about God is not a new concept. There are several passages in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that talk about the importance of spreading the word. In Psalm 96.3, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Or in Psalm 105, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. And from the New Testament, Jesus told the Father, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Jesus has sent us into the world, hasn't he? And we're helping some special messengers take his good news to people throughout the world. And starting soon, that outreach will include Salinas, Ecuador. As we wrap up this morning, let me ask you a question. Do you know the God that our missionaries are telling people about around the world? Have you obeyed him? Have you been baptized so that your sins could be forgiven? If you haven't, but you're ready to take that step today... Our elders are going to be waiting at the back of the auditorium to help you. You need prayers of the church. Our shepherds are ready to talk with you and pray for you, either privately or publicly. If there's any need you have this morning, I encourage you to go to the back of the auditorium and talk with one of them as together we stand and sing.